Welcome to Off The New Zoom Podcast. Don't have time to read? Don't worry, we'll fill you in. I'm your host, Alex. And I'm your host, Kristen. And on today's show, we have the Trump and Kim Jong-un meeting, a Florida man who smokes some meth and asks a surprising person for help. And we're going to have a little chat about IHOB and much more. So our first story today is about Trump and Kim Jong-un's meeting on Monday, June 12th. And this meeting was really historic because no matter what anyone says about Trump, whether you like him or don't, it's your opinion, this is the first sitting president to have met with the North Korean leader. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's shocking. So I think people already know the general reason as to why President Trump and Kim Jong-un are meeting mostly for denuclearization but they also discussed or the agreement was about the south korea and north korea making peace and north korea finding the remains of prisoners of wars and missing people missing in action in north korea so they can have them repatriated um for for the u.s um but i also did a little bit of digging um and i found that there was another agreement done in 94, 1994. Really? During the Clinton administration, yes, called the Agreed Framework. And when I looked at these agreements side by side, um, I was like, okay, this isn't copy and pasted, but it <laughs> is pretty darn similar. Like, oh, wow. All, like the, basically like the whole thing. The whole gist. Yeah, yeah. And... You know, I get it, like, 94 and 94, that was, like, the jumping-off point for the U.S. and North Korea to have, like, a dialogue for nuclear weapons. But it's it's quite strange that everything, that these two agreements are, are so similar, you know? Yeah. When, you know, President Trump was asked uh, questions about Kim Jong-un and how their meeting went, um, when he was asked about Kim Jong-un, Trump responded only with praise. He said he was very smart, he had a great personality, and then he loves his people. Yikes. Right? Um, and that last remark created a lot of controversy. Um, yeah. Considering Kim Jong-un's history of violating human rights. So, yeah. you know, for those who don't know, Alex is Korean-American. Ooh. And I'm sure she has some thoughts on that. I do. Well, with the last remark, yikes. He's not. He's not the. He's not the friendliest guy out there. So yikes! But um, with all of this, I do think there might be something there. You know, hopefully, I'm being optimistic. Of course, even though you bring up the agreed framework, how it's very similar to one another from the past to now. Yeah, I want to have hope. You know, there has been historic meetings, has historic moments actually that have been happening with. North and South Korean leaders meeting for the first time. And then in the Olympics, the Winter Olympics that just passed, the countries reuniting. So there are historic good moments happening. And I can understand if people want to say, oh, this is just for show, nothing's going to happen. But I want to be positive. I want to remain positive and think, hey, Something good can possibly happen from this. I'm hoping, I'm praying. Yeah, I mean, I'm not against positive thinking 
But considering how vague Trump's remarks were when he was talking about the meeting afterwards, I don't know if I can say I'm as hopeful as you, but, you know, I see some things, you know, moving. I, I don't know if it's for sure, though. I agree. I, I completely so, get that. But like you said, I'm going to just be optimistic about it. Yeah, pretty shaky for me. Definitely is. Yeah. But moving on from this historic meeting, we're going to jump right into a surprising Florida man story. So this is coming from the Miami Herald. And this guy, a Florida man, smoked some meth, right? Had a bad reaction to it. <laughs> calls the cop and's like, hey, I'm having a really bad reaction to this. I don't think this is like legit stuff. And he goes down to the station and he presents the meth. It's pure. And they arrested him <laughs> for <laughs> drug possession. They were like, he, he said, man, he was like, oh, um, if this isn't good, I am pressing charges on my dealer. <laughs> Tell me how crazy I mean, that is. I don't know how he, he didn't expect the plot twist, but you know, that's what makes a great Florida man story plot twist. <laughs> oh, Florida man stories are amazing. So one journalist thought these Florida man stories were just as interesting and he decided to write a book about them. So his name is Tyler Gillespie, and he wrote his first book titled Florida Man Poems. So he's an award-winning journalist who's written for Vice, Rolling Stone, GQ. Um, and he has an interesting like idea about the Florida Man than what most of us do. Really? <laughs> yeah. So Florida man means to him like someone who is publicly shamed and unable to tell their story. And that's what he what he told the Tampa Bay Times. Um, so he said to the University of South Florida, St. Petersburg, that is a long name. Yes, that is. Um, he said, realizing this was really a moment for me. There was this level of humanity that I wanted to know more about. And that's kind of like what really got him. Like he's basically explaining how... Um, how he got into writing the Florida Man poems. So initially the book was going to be about, was going to be a book of essays. Um, but when he returned to the Tampa Bay area, he decided to take a more poetic approach. Um, and his poems are really interesting because they're all nonfiction. So it's like a, a, a hybrid of poems and, and journalism. They're all based off of his life experience, reporting and research. And the poems are really interesting. There's one that's about his police ride-along in Pinellas County. There's poems about alligator anatomy, the Southern heritage, and him growing up gay in Christian school. And I found, like, this poem title that I thought was really interesting. It's like, Florida woman repeatedly slapped grandma for rejecting Facebook friend requests. And I'm just like, oh, my God, that's, that's intense, you know? Yeah. That's that's more than a little intense. Like, poor grandma. <laughs> poor grandma. Right, she poor just granny. didn't want to friend you. Yeah, like, yeah. But, you know, it really captures <laughs> the crazy, bizarre, you know. Stories? Yeah. The, the bizarre traits of, of Florida, really. So his book comes out June 15th. Everyone and should apparently get it and then read all of it. I mean, I think it, it. it sounds like a good read. It know? sounds like a fun read. Yeah. Like, Grow, alligator anatomy one P 
police ride-along and then a Florida woman slapping her grandmother. Yeah, and it also seems like he wants to redeem, like, these people. You know, after they get arrested, people make fun of them. So he wants to have, you know, give them, bring them some redemption. So, yeah. Now, to bring us close to the home in South Florida, there was a Democratic debate on Monday. Um, it was at Miramar Cultural Center, and it was a debate for the Democratic primaries candidate for governor. The candidates were Andrew Gillum, Gwen Graham. Fun fact, her her grandfather is, well, the Graham Center is named after her grandfather. There we go. Chris King and Philip Levine. They were all candidates, all trying to be the next governor. I was there. I reported on it, and it was a good event. It was it was pretty good. Okay. Um, it wasn't very debatable. Like, all the candidates were on the same page about all the different topics. They just had a different way of going about it. But there was, like, no rebuttals made. Wow. A lot of respect. Yeah. So, like, it was it was pretty, like, amicable. It was, it was a good event. Mm-hmm. It was a good debate, even though it really wasn't a debate. Because no one was going back and forth. I'm just saying. So... The meeting between Trump and Kim Jong-un wasn't the first, the only historic thing that happened recently. So Trump nominated the very first woman ever to be the U.S. Attorney of South Florida. Her name is Ariana Fajardo Orshan. Uh, She's a Miami-Dade circuit judge who was nominated by prominent Republican leaders Rick Scott and Senator Mark Rubio. Um, she once worked as a state prosecutor, but has no experience in the federal justice system, which has people like talking, you know, like, oh, is she any good for this position? You know, stuff like that. Do you have anything to say about that? I mean, like, what do you think? I, I hope she's good at the job. I mean, I understand that like she doesn't have any federal justice experience, right? Yeah. I, I just hope she's good at it like she proves herself to be like you know what even though i don't have this experience i can learn and i could do a really good job yeah so fun fact she is a graduate of florida international university so and she also studied at nova southeastern university um so she after graduating from Nova in 96, she was hired as an assistant state attorney in Miami-Dade, and she worked her way up from misdemeanors to felonies to special prosecutions. Then, six months later, she resigned um, to pursue a family law practice with her future husband, Robert Orshan, and that would, have, that would ele- eventually lead her to be appointed as the Miami-Dade Circuit Judge in the family division. That's interesting. Like, how do you know by any chance, like, how the people think of her in general or what what anybody thinks about her? Well, like, from what I've heard, it's mostly, like, people who, like, work there. They say that her ratings are favorable, right? But, Mm -hmm. of course, the lack of experience in the federal law system is something that people question. Um, But other than that, I don't don't see any general comments that I know of. Yeah. You know what? Hope for the best. That's that's the theme of this show today. Hoping for the best. <laughs> and you know what we hope for? 
something to change. <laughs> and that leads us to our next and final story that has caused quite a controversy. Oh, yes. Um, created a lot of memes, a lot of Twitter war that have been so good. So, so good. So good. It is the IHOP name change. Or oh now it's, it's called IHOP. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> what are your thoughts about it? What do you think of this name change? What do I think of this name change? I think it's super clever. Really? You know, like, what what better way to get the biggest, like, the biggest, the fastest growing generation of this time, time's attention to, you know, to something other than, like, a meme. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... I mean, yeah. you're not you're not alone on that. Like my best friend Virginia, she was like, the backlash is unnecessary, and it's yeah, it's it just is. an ad campaign, right? And I can see that, but this is pretty stupid. Like burgers, the backlash, not the backlash, but just the name change. Like, yeah, I think both are. <laughs> I Personally, agree. I agree. I you agree. know, um, the backlash. Yeah. I mean, the Twitter war has been hilarious to see but the backlash of it i guess i i texted one of my friend one of my other best friends guillermo he loves ihop loves ihop Mm -hmm. and we i asked him i was like what do you think about this and he gave me one word only garbage (laughs) i I died i was like yep that if he said anything else but that i would have been shocked because he, he, we go to IHOP for pancakes, not burgers. Right, yeah. But I think the best things, obviously, you, you mentioned it. Uh, the best part about this was just, like, the memes. Just all the other, like, diner, dinner places kind of ripping into it and just jumping on board. Yeah. You know, um, I think... The most well-known one is Wendy's, of course. Ooh. Wendy's ripping into ripping into iHob over here. There was also, I think, another one of like my favorite parts of it too is the like the video reactions of people watching the workers replace the signs to iHob. It's like, oh, they were serious. Yeah, they were serious. I haven't seen it. I drive right past the iHob coming here. And they haven't changed it yet. The minute it changes, I will cry. (laughs) No. No. So here I have a little Twitter meme here. So someone on Twitter asked Wendy's. So Wendy's, you just going to let IHOP sell burgers on your block? I thought you were the OG. And then Wendy's replied with, not really afraid of burgers from a place that decided pancakes were too hard. And everyone just, they They lost it. They lost. Yeah, basically, they lost it. They lost it. And it was wonderful. Oh, I bet. Well, you know, they're going to make the changes. They already are now, from what you've told me Mm -hmm. about the Twitter video. So, you know, I guess one of these days we will come back to this story, try a burger from there, and be like... Or go to Pancake King, remember? (laughs) Burger King changed their name, changed their, um, like, Twitter handle and everything to just pancake kings yeah for a while Fabulous. they were like oh god that was beautiful yeah but we'll come back to that and be like hey was it really worth changing the name to i i from i hop to i hub <laughs> stay tuned you might find out <laughs> stay tuned stay tuned 
So now, to end off, to close the show today, we're going to give you some events that are happening this week. Some fun stuff. Fun stuff. So on Saturday, June 16th, from 4 to 11 p.m., uh, Wilton Ma- there's going to be 2018 Wilton Manor Stonewall Pride Parade and Festival. So get in the pride mood, go over there. And on Friday, there's going to be a key party stand-up show, a comedy show in Coral Gables. $8 is the admission, and it starts at 10. So if you want to laugh, you check that out. Where is it at? Coral Gables. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Not bad, not bad. All right. Well, I, that's our show for today. That is our show. I'm Alex. I'm Kristen, and we are signing off. Boop. Bye. <laughs>